Welcome to JW Military Finance, where my goal is to help today and tomorrow's military members make smarter financial decisions and to live a financially better life. I'll do this by helping you understand your pays, benefits, and retirement plan, allowing you to have the knowledge necessary to make the right financial choice for you and your family. Today's episode of JW Military Finance, we're going to discuss death. Well, life insurance, that is which only gets paid out when you die. So we're going to be talking about death. We're going to discuss SGLI, death benefits if you die on active duty, and VGLI. Lastly, additional life insurance policies. So brace yourselves to talk about death. Life insurance. We all get $400,000 just for being on active duty. But is that enough? Is that all the coverage you need? We're going to find out. So like I just said, $400,000, that is the max coverage that you can get under the Service Members Group Life Insurance, SGLI, for being active duty. You can break it up. Uh, I think you can break it up into fifty thousand dollar increments, so you can get whatever amount you want between fifty and four hundred. But four hundred thousand is the max that you can get. Additionally, you can get up to a hundred thousand dollars of coverage for your spouse and ten thousand for each uh, child dependent. This SGLI coverage continues for one hundred and twenty days after your military service has ended. So you've got, what's that, four months to figure out another form of life insurance or if you even want to get another form of life insurance. But for $400,000, it's like $29.10. I should have checked my LES for that um, just to verify. But yeah, uh, $400,000, it's right around $25, $29. That is, for the most part, oh, I wrote it down. It's... $24 for the $400,000, $24 for $400,000. I should have read further in my notes here. So $400,000, $24, that's really cheap. And you get that discount because it's a group life insurance, meaning they're covering a whole bunch of people, they're receiving a whole lot of premiums and hopefully not having to pay out as much of a policy. So there's some diversification there for the company. And when they have to make a payout, there's enough contributors to cover it. So 400,000 under that group life, group, group life insurance. Um, comparison's sake, I'm telling you it's cheap, is that I carry an additional $250,000 of life insurance. And for that additional policy through New York Life, it's $25. So I'm getting 400,000 for 24 bucks. A dollar more is getting me 150,000 less through New York Life. Now, am I overpaying for New York Life? Potentially, I'll show some other numbers later on down uh, in this episode, but um, 25 was a good price, New York Life's a good company, um, and that's where we'd gotten other life insurance for my wife and daughter. Um, That said, you can convert your SGLI to VGLI, which is the Veterans Group Life Insurance, and you can do this Uh, 120 days after your discharge. So SGLI runs and you can convert it right into your VGLI. But 
for $250,000, you can get $32.50. That costs $32.50. So for my same age to convert my SGLI to VGLI, it would cost $7.50 more than what my New York Life policies cost in me. So is the New York Life policy expensive? I don't think so. Granted, I got the New York Life policy a few years ago. I was younger. There was other medical stuff. That's the rate, though, for VGLI. And you can go to the, you can Google SGLI, go through benefits.va.gov, and you can click read all the prices of SGLI, and then there's the link that takes you right to the SGLI. <clears throat> Moving on, if you were to die while you're on active duty service, in addition to the $400,000 payout, which is paid tax-free, you have, there's no taxes paid out on a life insurance policy. You also, there's an active duty death gratuity, all right, which is also paid out tax-free of $100,000. So when you, when you die on active duty, if you were to die on active duty, you would get your $400,000 SGLI payout, $100,000 death gratuity, and then all of the other pays and allowances that you would have been entitled to up until the day, date of your death, you will be reimbursed for. So if you had any leave on the books, your final paychecks, um, all that type of stuff, all of those benefits will get paid out to your surviving spouse or whoever you have as the beneficiary of your SGLI. I have served as a Keiko, and it is crazy when you see the amount of money that falls into these grieving people's hands when a service member dies. Um, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, all tax-free. It's it's insane amount of money. So if so, right now, if I were to if I were to die while I'm at, on active duty. My wife would get the $400,000 SGLI benefit, the $100,000 death gratuity. She would get the payout of my 60 days of charged of leave on the books, plus whatever pay I was entitled to. You're talking, you know, almost 600 grand by the time all of that's paid out, maybe closer to $550,000. That's that's a lot of money. And then, then there's the New York Life policy on top of it. So you're talking 750, almost 800 grand. Um, and most of that being, being tax-free. So <clears throat> there's the potential of a lot of money falling into someone's hands if you were to die. You need to ensure that you have the right beneficiaries set up to receive this money if you've been recently divorced or or recently married you need to change the beneficiary of your SGLI you either need to change it to your current spouse or you need to change it from your ex-spouse all right because there's plenty of horror stories out there where someone didn't update their SGLI benefits and the four hundred thousand dollars went to their ex-wife and their current wife got nothing all right and that was the one with the kids so you need to make sure that you're updating your SGLI. It's all done now electronically through um, INSIPS, through the red 
DA um, link on the bottom left corner of your NSIPs. So you need to make sure that you're going in there, you're updating your SGLI, and making sure that you've got the correct dependence. Actually, I take that back. It's not through NSIPs. It is through um, MillConnect. You need to go through MillConnect and update your SGLI beneficiaries. Now, is the $400,000 enough money? Let's figure that out. So $400,000 is a lot of money, but is it enough money? What is your life insurance supposed to be for? It is to support the beneficiary to replace your income. So if you get $400,000, how long does $400,000 last replacing your income? Well, if you're making $50,000 a year and you've got $50,000 a year of expenses, it lasts for eight years, assuming that lifestyle creep doesn't creep into your beneficiary's lifestyle. So how much life insurance should you have? A good rule of thumb is at least 10 times your annual income. So if you make 50,000, you should have 500,000. If you make 100,000, you should have a million. So 400,000 is probably not enough when you factor in your BAH, BAS, base pay, and any other special pays that you might be getting, you very are well likely making significantly more than $40,000 a year, especially if you're an E5 and above, senior E6, or heck, an E7 in California making over $100,000. You might wanna have substantially more life insurance coverage. What should you do with that life insurance? If you were to just receive $400,000, what do you do with it? Well, it's tax-free. It's given to you tax-free. You need to roll that into a mutual fund of some sort. Pay off all the debt and roll the remaining amount into a mutual fund. A good growth stock mutual fund or a good total stock market ETF something along those lines that's going to yield you eight to 10% returns. Why? If you put $400,000 into an account that yields 10% return annually, that produces $40,000 of income forever. Yeah, you heard that right. You could get $40,000 of income off that 400 grand forever if it continued yielding 10% and never touched the 400,000. That is the ideal use of a life insurance payout. Too many times though, people get the 400,000, they buy a new house, they buy a new car, they buy some new clothes, they move on with their life after they grieve for their loved one who just passed away, and then they have nothing else to show for it, and oh, the surviving spouse was non-working and now they're not making nowhere near the amount that the member who just died was and they suffer. That's not what you want. 
So you need to put the money into a mutual fund and live off of the income that that money produces. So even if you even if you carried you got the 400 plus the 100,000 so you're talking 500 grand. If you put that 500 grand into a good growth stock fund and it yielded 8%, 8% of $500,000 would yield you a pretty good lifestyle. I mean you're talking that's that is 40 grand. 40 grand a year. Forever. You could I mean if you were making you know, 20,000 on top of that, and you were making that 40 grand, you know, $60,000 probably replaces your income. But if, if 40 grand doesn't replace your income, you need substantially more life insurance. You probably need that 10 to 12 times your annual income. So just do the math. 100,000, you need somewhere between one and $1.2 million of life insurance. You're like, oh my gosh, how much is that going to cost me? Well, in research for this episode, and also because I'm thinking of maybe getting a little bit more life insurance or needing more as I'm closer to retiring, I went ahead, I, I googled uh, Xander Insurance, um, xanderins.com. Um, that was just one that I found, they're coincidentally recommended by Dave Ramsey. But for $250,000 of coverage, it ranged between $17.41 and $53.62 on a 20-year term policy, which, you know, my New York life policy falls smack in the middle of that on the lower end of it. But all of these companies on Xander were, um, a lot of them I'd never heard of. Some of them were like Prudential, you know, obviously I'd heard of Prudential, but, you know, I've never heard of Banner Life or Protective or... Um, SBLI, Mutual of Omaha. I've never heard of a bunch of those, but that doesn't mean they're bad. I mean, life insurance is life insurance. Um, and then for a $500,000 policy, it ranged between $28.19 and $63.88 on that 20-year term. So it's it's really cheap. I mean, you're, you're, you could lock yourself into a $30 a month for the next 20 years of insurance for half a million dollars that's I mean that's a lot of money and it's not costing you um, too much I mean that's you know three hundred and fifty dollars a year roughly uh, times 20 years you're talking you're gonna pay six grand for five hundred thousand dollars of coverage so life insurance term life insurance is relatively inexpensive and just think about that Think about, is the $400,000 enough to replace your income if you were to die? Now, think about it even harder. Is $100,000 enough to replace your spouse's income if she were to die? Or, I guess, if he were to die? So, that 100000 how much does your household depend on your spouse's income? If your if your spouse is a stay-at-home mom, a hundred thousand, or a stay-at-home dad, the hundred thousand might be enough money. It would cover the burial expenses. It would cover, um, you know, a nanny or daycare for several years. Um, hopefully, you know, replacing what this the spouse would do. But if your spouse is a 
income earner that contributes to the family and the family's quality of life, um, that 100000 probably is not enough money. That 100000 comes up way short. You know, if your spouse is making 40 or 50 grand a year, you're replacing a very small fraction, you know, like two and a half times, two times their income. That's it's not enough coverage. Your, your family's going to hurt because if you take that 100000 and you put it in a growth stock ETF, or mutual fund, it's only going to throw you eight to ten thousand a year. Well, eight to ten doesn't replace forty to fifty or more. All right, so you probably really need to consider increasing insurance on your spouse. All right, the hundred K is not enough. The ten K for a child, that's enough. A child, you really just need burial expenses. All right, you just need burial expenses to cover. The death of a child and a lot of the times you can just get that as a rider on one of your policies for a couple extra dollars a month and have that rider for a small amount of coverage for for a child if god forbid um, you were to lose a child um, hopefully that that doesn't happen to anyone but i'd be naive to say that it doesn't happen so if you needed that that what am I going to do if I lose a kid? Um, comfort, just get a rider on your term policy and increase your policy by a couple bucks a month. Now, I'm not a salesman. I'm not an insurance agent. Um, I just Googled Xander because I knew that they could uh, uh, give me a quote. And also, I have New York Life. That doesn't mean you should go buy New York Life policy. Um, it was kind of sold to me. Um, I didn't shop around too much for it when I got this, but... Just because I have it doesn't mean that you need it or that or not that you don't need it. You probably do need it, but you don't need to get it from New York Life, which is what I'm trying to say. New York Life is just one of the 50 companies or there's probably a lot more than that that sell life insurance. Um, yeah. Now, lastly, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the difference between term life insurance and whole life insurance. Term life insurance is exactly what it sounds like. You pick an amount of coverage for a set amount of years. You can get it for a bunch of different years. You can go from 10 years to 30 years, at least here on Xander. You can do 10 years to 30 years, different increments, and that's gonna determine how much it costs. So if a 20 year policy for a million dollars is too expensive for you, maybe just a 10 year. You know, they're hedging their bets on how likely are you to die and then have to pay out that policy over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Then the other type of life, life insurance is whole life. Those premiums are substantially more expensive. Why? You're going to die. They are going to have to make a payment on that policy. Could be in a year could be in 50 years, but at some point, they're going to have to make a payout on that policy. So you could pay forever on it. Now, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going from memory here because I was thinking about doing a percentage of my life insurance as whole life. I ended up not making that decision. 
but I'm trying to remember, I think it was around a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars of coverage, and it was gonna cost me in the ballpark of two hundred and fifty dollars a month. So you're saying that's it's ten times more expensive than term and you're getting less coverage. Why is that? Well, like I said, they're going to have to um, eventually make a payout on it, guaranteed, no matter what. And then the also thing is, is that part of your premium goes into a, a cash value of that life insurance. And it, it basically gets invested into a mutual fund of sort and you can actually take loans out against your life insurance that you don't have to pay back. You should, but you don't have to. So you could you could take out, you know, $5,000 and then if you were to die, they just deduct the $5,000 from the payout of the death benefit. That payout also the way whole life policies work is tax-free. So you could take a tax a tax-free kind of interest-free loan against your whole life policy um, as needed. So this is a uh, an investment strategy. It's not necessarily the best investment strategy because um, you can definitely beat it. I think uh, when I was looking at it, New York Life's they were they were advertising a five and a quarter percent average annual rate of return, which is not terrible. Um, it's probably one of the better ones, but you can beat 5% um, in the markets every year, every day. You can beat that 5%. So it's a slow growth, um, very expensive way to invest, but it is a way to invest. And there's a lot of different views on it amongst the, the talking heads, the financial pundits. Dave Ramsey is adamant against 100% you know forget about whole life term only 100% against it there's other people that swear by whole life or at least say that you should have some whole life um, there's there's a bunch of different avenues there's some uh, financial planners that use a whole life policy as a way to uh, create leverage so to speak or, or as an investment platform, I, I don't think whole life insurance should be your retirement investment platform or anything like that. Um, that's that's going to be a personal uh, decision. Uh, that's why they call it personal finance because it's a personal decision. But the reality of it is, is a 20-year term policy for 10 to 12 percent or 10 to 12 times your income is usually more than enough life insurance to protect you and your family. I mean, think about it, 20 years from now, where are you gonna be 20 years from now? I will be 55 years old. My daughter will be almost 23 years old. So she's not gonna be dependent on me anymore, all right? My wife um, hopefully would be more established in her career and be in a much better financial dis uh, position also at that time our investments and you know thrift savings plan and all of that growth should be enough that she could be comfortable if I were to pass away and not have the the life insurance policy or you can just get another term policy it'll be more expensive at the age of 55 but you could get another term policy to take you up until 
you would be eligible to dip into your TSP, 401k, IRAs, that money to support your spouse if you were to pass away. So term is a great bridge. Whole life, it's there. Um, do some research on it. Um, I might do another more in-depth uh, episode on whole life insurance and how it can be used and how it's not necessarily completely a bad thing. But for the most part, term life insurance, it's enough. So there's the breakdown. Whole, whole life, term life, take your pick. But the term is significantly, significantly cheaper. All right, let's wrap up this episode. Let's hit the high notes. Hopefully, you learned some stuff about your, your life insurance. SGLI, Service Members Group Life Insurance, four hundred up to 400000 for the member, up to 100000 for your spouse, up to ten k for your child. All right, all paid out tax-free, and those benefits last for 120 days post-military service. It's cheap. It's roughly $24 for $400,000 can be converted to the veterans group life insurance uh, 120 days from your active duty discharge that's a little bit more expensive you don't get as much coverage but it's there also if you were to die on active duty you there's a hundred thousand dollar death gratuity also paid out tax-free lastly think about if you need more life insurance is four hundred thousand dollars enough to replace your income in perpetuity? Probably not. You might want to consider getting extra life insurance through a term policy. It's inexpensive and will give you just that extra little bit of coverage for your family if they're dependent on your income. Then there's two different types of insurance, term and perm, whole life. All right, one's much more expensive the whole life. It's because they have to make a payout and there's also an investment portion of a whole life policy. Term versus whole life. Now I forgot to mention, so I'm gonna get this right here. If there is no one dependent on your income, you're a single person serving on active duty, you probably don't even need the full 400,000. You could probably just get away with 50 grand to cover your own burial expenses, all right? I would suggest if you're on active duty, you should take the whole $400,000, put your parents as your beneficiary, they raised you, and heaven forbid, if you were to die on active duty, your parents could at least get something for for that loss, all right? But if there's no one dependent on your, on your income, or if $400,000 replaces your income, there's no need to get additional life insurance. All right. Uh, so thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate all the support that I've been getting. If you have any questions or topics that you would like me to discuss, please send me a message on Facebook. Uh, send me a message through the Anchor app. You can go to Anchor, find my podcast, and you can actually send me a voice message and I can use that on the podcast. So I would appreciate that support. Also, YouTube, JW Military Finance, Facebook, JW Military Finance. Please, I appreciate all the support, but I need some topics. I need your questions, and I need you to like, share, and subscribe to both this podcast, my YouTube channel, and my Facebook page. I appreciate you all. 
Thank you so much, and I hope you learned something today.